Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I am your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector, and investor and professional wrestling fan. How you doing? What is going on? As always, it's Saturday when I record this. I'm enjoying a nice, chilly, but sunny day here in Indianapolis. Spirits are high. I'm ready to go. I've got a little time carved out to talk about sports cards with you. And I'm talking to myself right now. That's the what I do on this show. I, I, I sit in a room by myself and talk through a microphone, but it always feels like I'm talking with all of you because of all the conversations that happen before, after, all of the above. While the show, it's a, it's a continual motion. Content, drop, conversations, keep it going, baby. It's a drumbeat, and I am so excited that this show is happening, and I have an outlet to share my thoughts, what's going on in our crazy hobby, and get some feedback from you along the way. We're going to cover a lot of ground today, as we always do. There's a lot on my mind. You know I don't just cover the hobby headlines, although sometimes those hobby headlines are so monumental that they have to be infused in the episodes. And so we're going to, we're going to take one of those right from the top. But before we do, I want to say something and be very serious for a moment and say, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. If you don't know, now you know. It is a topic that is near and dear to my heart. I think it is important for all of us to not just in May, but anytime we can to be okay with not being okay and sharing feelings and thoughts that might not be great. There are so many topics within mental health and mental health awareness that I think can be brought to the forefront. And I will say, this is happening at a rate higher than I can ever remember in my life. Professional athletes like Kevin Love making using his platform to bring awareness. Um, I think that's cool. And I think, you know, anxiety, depression, addiction, stuff sucks, man. This stuff sucks. If you're out there, either you have or you know someone who has dealt with something like that, and it's not a fun place to be. It's a very dark place to be. So what I want to do, make sure I use my platform, although it's a platform about sports cards, to bring awareness to a topic that I think should be important to everyone out there. And I think there's no better way for this topic to be kind of elevated than what is happening right now in my hometown with my favorite team of all time. And that's the Kicking the Stigma campaign that is being launched by the Ursay family. It is awesome. It is a campaign dedicated to using professional athletes like Darius Leonard in the marketing to talk about struggles that he's had, to bring awareness, to share that this is not just a you thing, this is an us thing. And it's remarkable. Since the campaign has launched, they've raised $2.25 million for mental health, and that money is going towards agencies that are, that are here to make a difference. And then this week, my man, Jim Ursay, got on Twitter and said, hey, I see your $2.2 million. I'm going to raise that. I'm going to double it. 
So we're, we're now we're at almost $5 million that are going towards causes and agencies that are out there fighting the good fight. And I think that's cool. Jim Ursay's putting his money where his mouth is. You know, he, he's gotten a lot of flack and people just, he's an easy target for some of the public struggles that he has. But I love how he's turning that into a positive. And I think that we should all think about ways that we can turn different experiences in different ways that, or different struggles that we've, we've dealt with to a positive. So I'm always going to use my platform, not just in May, but all the time. I'm going to use it all the time to do whatever I can to bring awareness to mental health because it is an issue near and dear to my heart. So go take a look. If you're struggling with it, go talk to someone. The more we can elevate this topic, the better off we will all be. I am sitting here and I'm looking at some yard work. I'm, it's okay though. I'm okay with it because the yard work, the ends justify the means. We're getting ready for a little birthday bash for me at the end of the month slash race day spectacle with some friends going on. It's nice to uh, be able to think about having friends over safely, vaccinated in our backyards, hanging out. I'm looking forward to that, but you got to pay your dues and I'm going to be paying my dues on the other side of this. And I feel like I've been paying my dues as a Pacers fan this year, um, watching all the damn uh, games and it not being a fun season. I think it's, it just goes to show you like not all seasons are going to be great. And you, if you're a true fan, you do, you, you, you're in it, you don't walk away and you deal with that at the adversity. I'm a shout out my man, Kyle from wax museum podcast, my man, Steve Vintage Pacers. These guys are, are Pacers fans that I connect with regularly. And um, we're, we're kind of letting it out and airing out our thoughts on the Pacers recently. And you know what? Who knows? Who believes what? I don't get wrapped up in that. But what I do know is I always try to find the silver lining in everything going on. And one of those uh, piece, those silver linings is my man, Karis LeVert. After the Hawks win this week, after dumpster fire situation was going on, Pacers won. Karras is out out after the game, getting some reps and sets, shooting the ball. This guy's a winner. My man at the Pack Profits, Greg, said to me when he's a net fan and when we got him in the trade, said, you're going to love this kid, and I do. So I always try to find the silver lining when you've got a shitty situation going on. There's a lot of shows happening. I want to shout out some shows. Shout out everyone who went to the Miami Courtside Card Show. Anthony at Summertime Cards. Mad props to you. Looked awesome. Hopefully I can get to one of those. Venue looked awesome. People were having fun. We have the Wisconsin Dell show coming up uh, this weekend as this, this episode drops. I know some buddies going to the Dell show. Um, hopefully there's some deals going on. Go find my man to captain 37. This guy's bringing some heaters. He's got some shiny Peyton's, some shiny Brady's out there. Maybe we'll do a contest here. If you're going to the Dell show, find my man to captain 37, Kevin Randall, take a photo, tag stacking slabs. Let's make the captain even more famous than he already is. Shout out the captain, shout out everyone going to the Dell show. And then in another week, we got Dallas, baby, and I'm going to Dallas. I'm fired up, going to the D, going to go, don't know what I'm going to do. I don't really have an agenda. My agenda is to kick it, have fun, you know, do my thing, meet some dealers, meet some listeners, meet some buddies, and just 
have a couple days in the D and enjoy some sports cards. It is awesome. There's shows happening everywhere, and we're getting back. We're getting to talk about them. And we get, we get to start seeing the themes, what's happening, what's not happening. And I'm, that's what I'm very, very excited about. And speaking of shows, one of the big headlines that hit us this week was the fact that Ken Golden, baby, he's going mainstream, getting a show, getting got some heavy hitters involved. You know, we're talking Pawn Stars. We're talking 30 for 30. We're talking freaking The Last Dance. And I heard rumor and innuendo, not really rumor and innuendo. I was watching Ken on his IG Live, and he dropped the fact that Peyton Manning's Omaha Studios has some 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 uh, some placement in this, uh, Peyton being an executive producer or something like that. I don't know. There's a show going on. Their networks are pitching them. They're trying to decide which one to go with. Get your popcorn ready. I think what I want to do is think about this and think about it from the context of what this is going to mean for our hobby. I believe that this show is going to grab even more people that don't know what's happening in sports cards, might have heard something and been interested but not take took action. This is mainstream television we're talking about. This is going to generate new hobby participants. This market is going to continue to expand because of this show and who knows what's on the who knows what's going to happen on the other side of it with cards, prices, everything else. But I would imagine it's going to be mania. Hasn't it been mania already? It has. So I think it's as I've had just a brief time to reflect on this, I think number one, I think this is a good thing because I think any opportunity you can you can um point publicity to our hobby, generate new eyeballs is gonna be good for the sustainability of our cards and our hobby. I think Ken, obviously, with the backing, with you know, his brand is a good person to be leading the charge. I think that there is going to be, this is going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how it's shot. I hope it's shot documentary style and less reality Pond Starsy style. I think any, I'd love to add any layer of credibility that we can. And it doesn't need to be serious, but I think our hobby is a um, industry and representation of this being an industry that is ready to take to take it to the next level is welcome. I know Ken probably has some creative freedom in that and will have a voice in, in how that goes down. Um, I think this presents quite an opportunity for all of us, to be honest with you. You know, when likely what is going to be talked about a lot on this show are the three, four, five million dollar cards so the perception is is people who don't know our hobby or who are in our hobby day to day like we are are going to think the hobby is one way based on the you know grails that we all know Ken has in his promoting. So I think that will as these people see the this show and people enter our hobby there will need to be some further education that is happening and I think that's an opportunity for all of us. It's an opportunity for me with this show. This, the premise of this show all along was to make sure that I was educating people like me on my journey, the do's and the don'ts as I learned along the way. I would imagine there are more people that are going to come in who are going to need a show like Stacking Slabs and several other shows 
to get educated. And I think it's, I, I don't view it as a responsibility of mine, but I view it as an opportunity of mine to make sure that when new people come through and in the funnel, they're not, they're not headed down the wrong hobby trails that we know exist and we know taint the minds of the new breed, of the new participant that is coming in. We don't need to manufacture their experience. However, we need to provide opportunities for them to understand the real side and the real operating and the real content and the real inner workings. This is what I'm saying. I don't want a bunch of people to watch Ken's show to come in and waste a bunch of money and then be out. That's stupid. And you know there's vultures out there waiting for the opportunity of this, to this ha- for this to happen. There's already been. It's already happening. So I think that, I think first and foremost, I think it's cool that this is happening. Number two, I think there's a lot of opportunity for all of us with our cards and in education. It gets me to think about just the evolution of the hobbyist and the trajectory of the hobbyist. And if done right, what could be possible? And I think the evolution, and this is like, I hate being cookie cutter, but as I think about new people coming in, and some of this is personal experience here, this is kind of how I see this go. You've got the new people coming in and they see prism base, they see junk slab era, they see these cards, they're accessible. This is what people on their YouTube shows are talking about. I need to buy these cards. And I need to buy these cards even if I don't give a shit about the players because this guy or this gal is telling me that this, these cards are going up. And wow, you know, I don't have to work for these cards because there's hundreds of listings on eBay. So I can just buy them in at the current market price, cross my little fingers, and hope these cards go up 100 200 oh god darn maybe $300 because the playoffs are around the corner and I'm a betting man and I believe that this guy is going to take his team to the Eastern Conference Finals that's a real thing then what happens is people get burned one because the person or team doesn't make it to as far and there's cards dip or two, maybe the cards do go up and they just look at them and they realize, this sucks. Like, this doesn't make me happy. <laughs> like, I know there's something about cards that makes me happy, but having these cards that everyone else has and I don't even have a connection with the player, like, this sucks. But we hope in this scenario they begin to realize the importance of nostalgia and the, the, the feelings in the moments that suck them in right away. If they do... These people start educating themselves. They start thinking freely and not allowing other people to think for them. They start listening to shows like Stacking Slabs. They listen to Stacking Slabs and start thinking about, all right, this show, it's not telling me what to do. It's telling me how or why. I think in these moments of self-reflection and education, these people realize spots or areas that make them happy. They 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 realize qualities or attributes of the happy or the hobby that make them happy. Scarcity, rarity, basketball, football, tennis, golf, soccer, wrestling. And they start buying. And once you start buying and once you start posting, you start interacting. 
with people like you, people sharing in your passion. And it is this momentum. It is this momentum and it is powerful. You're waking up in the morning and you're looking at your phone and in your Instagram DMs, you've got people from around the globe sharing perspective and thoughts on cards that are that they think you like and you're then in a conversation and not only are you then in a conversation this happens repeatable and then you're making friends you're legitimately making friends around passion this is powerful because this is not transactional this is powerful because this is sticky relationships are hooks that are going to keep these people into the hobby people content cards this is the track that people are, where we hope people who start off the one way end up this way. The more people that we can get to end in an area where they're deeply connected to a type of card or lane that they can go down that makes them happy, and there's people in that lane, and just double, double points, there's content that supports that lane, that's when you've got enough entertainment to be hooked in forever. That's how I see it. I don't know about you, but I think it's interesting because there's so many mentalities. You've got the, and, and I'm not saying any of these mentalities are wrong. All of these mentalities together help make the hobby work. You've got the gambler's mentality, right? The individual who buys into breaks, the individual who loves the rip. That's cool. That's okay. You've got the guru mentality, people who are the subject matter experts or are perceived subject matter experts in specific fields. You've got the investors. I know they get a bad rap, but investors help make the hobby move. You've got the collectors, the purists, the people who operate with passion over profit. Now, I think anyone on listening to Stacking Slabs today can agree that the collector's mindset or the collector's mentality, without it, without it, there's absolutely no chance in hell that this hobby would be what it is today. It is the backbone. It is the structure. It is the way that the collectors are what holds this whole thing up. We, as the collectors, don't get wrapped into the day-to-day price fluctuations. We're unfazed by news with PSA shutting off the valve. We're unfazed by news of BGS and no activity for a period of time. We believe in the pat. We have passion and we believe in the hobby because the hobby has given us connections, it's given us cards, and it's made us happy. There are no knee-jerk reactions. We're thoughtful people. And I just think, like, as I'm reflecting on Ken Golden, new television show, all the people that are going to come around the pike, this is how I'm thinking about it. And it, the way I think about it doesn't need to be the way you think about it. But I think we all should be prepared for some changes and some volatility when stuff like this happens. This is big business. People are getting in. Entertainment. Hollywood, people are getting in and involved because they see opportunity to start telling stories. Well, by God, let's make sure our story, our story as the collector, the people that are here responsible for keeping this hobby together is told too. I want to congratulate the winner 
of the card ladder, stacking ladder giveaway to my man at Rated Rabbi. Now, I will have put on my stories, I did it before I recorded, a little hat pick, put all the names of participants. Thank you, everyone, for posting. And my man, Rated Rabbi, is the winner. Congratulations. Get you over to the Card Ladder team, get you signed up, and hopefully you enjoy that platform half as much as I do. I've been thinking a lot about basketball, and it's I'm in an interesting spot because I watch basketball all the time. I love basketball. But there's there was this moment here over the last couple months where I just couldn't find my groove, man. I don't know if it was the prices. I don't know if it was was happening with modern. I, I was just struggling to find my lane. Like I had this groove for a while around Steph, and then you know his prices uh, started shooting up, and then I said, you know what, like I want his one of one of his rookie cards. Then like the rookie cards are astronomical, and his rookie year kind of sucks for cards. And there's just big disparities. So I just started like tail spinning and just went off in other directions. So, you know, the more I think about it, like obviously, like I might live in Indiana. I'm a Pacers fan. I'm a big basketball guy. Basketball is part of my collecting. I've, I've talked about my um, pursuit of the uh, galactic parallel and the uh, award winners by year. I'm having fun with that. But I, I literally like needed to sink my teeth into something else. And so the more I thought about significance, the more I thought about what's happening with basketball, I've really started to think about players that I want to attack, players that I just love, that I have loved, not just for a year or two, but for quite some time. And I'm going to start buying these cards. And it's I don't want to like go player collect someone and say, okay, well, there's this player and I need to get check the box, all of these cards, 10, 20, and just collect them forever. I think with basketball for me, because I'm such a fan of the sport, I'm so I'm a fan of so many different players that like I just want to start collecting players that cover moments and have given me memories that matter. And I started that journey this week and there will be some cards that I'm going to talk about and purchases, but I don't want to do that until I get them in hand. But I know it, it might have sounded doom and gloom for a little bit for me in basketball, but just nothing happening interested me. So I needed to dig in and self-reflect. And I think that's important. Always self-reflect when you can. Because like what I realized is that, you know, especially on the basketball side, you've got the professional scouts who know everything about every player and voice their opinion on cards on Instagram. Wink, wink, point, point. You've got the commodity flippers, which I, I'm just done with. I don't know. I don't think anyone has time for that. Um, you've got the player collectors, which are fun. You've got the set collectors, which are fun. You've got collectors of specific eras and then i think you've got collectors of that appreciate the game that collects players not necessarily because they're on their favorite team or they were their favorite player but they feel are significant so i want to use my pc in my curating of my collection to be dedicated towards basketball players that are significant and mean something to me over my life and over a period of time. And I made a nice little purchase 
I'm going to share it hopefully next week. Hopefully it'll come. I can post it on Instagram. But it just represents something that I feel. So I say that because if you're feeling down, if you're feeling things aren't happening, just take a step back and reflect. Shout out to everyone who signed up for the weekly rip. If you're not signed up for the weekly rip, I just dropped the 10th damn copy. Number 10, baby. Covered uh, mental health. Covered Cardi B. Shout out Cardi uh, Cardi B. <laughs> Cardi C. Oh, you gotta ha- That has to happen a lot. Uh, but Cardi C dropped that PSA and BGS video in January to help validate some of what I was talking about recently. So I had to plug it in that. A um, lot of shouts, sharing people's perspective of what's making them happy in the hobby. If you're not signed already up already, link in the bio. It is free. Shout out my man, Drake's underscore PC. Going to be on the Hobby Hustle this week. Man, ta- There's there might not be another guy in the hobby that, collects we collect a lot of similar things and we're going to talk about that there's going to be a lot of discussion on Peyton a lot of discussion on wrestling cards and some other stuff but I know you all follow Drake's if you don't already Drake's underscore PC that's coming at you this Friday I've been thinking a lot about just content in my professional career and my job building a damn content company um and and you know we we've gotten some we're, we're launching the beta in June product in July. I'm I'm stealth mode marketing right now. I'm building the audience before the product drops. Note to anyone doing anything, that's the key to success. Tell stories. Building what I'm we're doing through content facilitation. I'm not the only one with the point of view. So my job is to help facilitate and use our platform to bring in people that are subject matter experts or have takes and opinions and that helps validate our brand. We're doing this organically, baby. We are generating content and interest. And I thought about what I'm doing with the damn company and I'm doing with stacking slabs. And that's the model. Patience. Come from a place of abundance. Content facilitation. Organic growth. People always try to shoot for the quick fix. I want this now. I want this quickly. I need more followers. I need this. And then they go, all right. I'm the know-it-all guru expert, and I'm going to use digital tactics to try to generate more followers and people than ever. And they pay for it. That's for the birds, not sustainable. Don't always look at the numbers. The numbers don't tell you everything. It's about the connection and the engagement. So I just want to drop it, drop that on you. This is what I do professionally, everybody. I see right through some of your stuff. <laughs> I see it. I love it. I lo- I am hypersensitive to the way everybody in the hobby with a platform that they're trying to take off is doing their thing. I see it. And I'm not saying what you're doing is wrong. I appreciate the grind and what you're doing. I'm just saying. Sometimes it's pretty obvious to tell when people are paying for stuff. Anyways, we all have passion and that's what matters most. No matter how hard you try, there is one thing that you just can't hide. It comes out in the communication about the hobby. It bleeds through the posts of the cards that you share. It sticks out like a sore thumb. It's passion. You can't deny it, and you got to pour gas on it. If you're listening to this show, you have it. I don't sit up here and give you my top five picks of the week and tell you what to do. You have a mind of your own. I'm here to help educate, entertain, share my experience. Passion will always prevail in this damn hobby. Don't let anything else 
get you down. I'm passionate. I know you are. Let's talk a little bit about wrestling right quick. Anyone else catch AEW last week? Blood and guts. Man, those guys were gushing everywhere. I love that stuff. I had such a fun time. I'm a passionate wrestling collector. And I'll tell you, I'm a passionate wrestling card collector. And I have just been on this tear recently because it makes me so damn happy. And wrestling cards, I think, are so interesting because there's no flip game. And the people who are in it are passionate than ever. But I have certainly taken a step back and tried to understand what narratives exist and what make me happy. And the funny thing about wrestling cards is that there are a lot of manufactured narratives around what is the rookie card. And at the end of the day, I, I'm i here to tell you, I don't, this, this might come and sound aggressive, but I don't really believe in rookie cards and wrestling cards. I don't. I believe in significance, whether that is in a perceived wrestling card or not. That it like the RC badge doesn't really exist on vintage wrestling cards. And there's confusion. There's different sets. They've come in from different countries and this and that. And it's people piecemealing together what they say certain rookie cards are. I don't believe in the judge or jury. If there's multiple options, let's let the market. Let's see what prevails. And just one, I'm just going to say it because I got to. I've been on record with saying I don't really like the 97 card. Not that I don't really like. I don't like the 1997 Cardinal cards. The one you see, the quotes, Rocky Maivia rookie card. I don't like these cards because they're trivia cards. Okay? They came from a trivia box. I don't like how... um these cards are, uh, people are sending them in and just trying to get these grades. And there's just something about these cards I do not like. I don't like how they've been presented. I don't like how they're elevating. And I just don't like the narrative. Here's another thing for you. And I know, like, you can crucify me for this, but, like, Rocky Maivia sucked. Like, he sucked. Like, I was in the arena. We were all in the arena saying, Rocky sucks. Rocky sucks. And there's a reason why Rocky Maivia sucked. is because he was manufactured and force-fed to us by the WWE. He was a manufactured, all right, we're going to take a little bit of Rocky Johnson, which is The Rock's dad. We're going to take a little uh, uh, Chief Peter Maivia. We're going to fuse them together. And ta-da, here's this white meat baby face. And we're going to call him Rocky Maivia. Well, let me tell you, he got booed out of the building and he sucked. He did not become the great one until he turned heel, linked up with the Nation of Domination, and became the most electrifying man in sports entertainment today. If you smell... This is what I'm talking about. I personally would much rather have a 1998, which I purchased this week, full disclosure... Comic Images, The Rock card in 1998 because he's holding up Road Dog on Raw as War. I'd much rather have that than any perceived Rocky Maivia rookie card. Just my take and my flavor. And you can say, oh, well, 90, the Cardinal card came out in 97. So that's before 98. Okay, <laughs> fine. You can call it whatever you want. 
You can call it your rookie card. I'm not calling it my rookie card because my rookie card of The Rock is when he's actually The Rock. (laughs) We're going to talk about this in more detail. And I'm sure Drake, he's a big rock collector. He's got his opinions too. We're going to talk about it this week. Can't you tell I'm fired up? I want to close here and just reflect reflect for a minute. And can you believe I almost made it through a whole damn episode of Stacking Slaps? I have not talked, well, I did talk about kicking the stigma in the Colts, but I have not talked about football. Football cards, baby! You know I'm passionate about this. But what I want to say is that, like, I've been reflecting on this, and I know I've been saying this narrative of Tom Brady's the best thing for his winning a seventh for the football card market and how you need Tom Brady and how you need Patrick Mahomes. And you've got the hobby heartthrob, Justin Herbert, and all these things combining and forces and making the football card market hotter than ever before. Yes, true, true, true. But we all know the quarterbacks run this damn market. So I started to think, man, after the draft, after all those rookie quarterbacks went, what if I just broke down the NFL and just listed out all of the quarterbacks and from a hobby perspective, not saying this is me and what I would want to do and how I, but from a hobby perspective, well, how do I break these things, these quarterbacks down? And, and, and if I break these quarterbacks down into categories, could this potentially help further explain why football cards are exploding right now? So this is what I did. AFC, NFC, categories, elite, Proven performer, big year, which is like kind of make or break, I think. Potential, and then eh. The eh category is kind of like, I, we, we know either you don't care or it is what it is, and probably no matter what, their prices are going to stay the same. So let's start with the AFC. We'll start with the eh Actually, do I want to? No, let's start with the, let's start from the top. Let's be positive. Okay. So in the AFC, I just have one elite quarterback hobby performer, and it's Patrick Mahomes. No one else comes close in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes is, I believe, the only quarterback on the elite level. When I'm talking about elite, I'm talking about your money is safe. So dump it in there unless. Something tragic happens. Patrick Mahomes is one of the biggest reasons why the football card market is to what it is today. And he needs to be recognized as such. Proven performer. Put Josh Allen in that category, especially after last year. I put Lamar Jackson into that category. Proven performers. And, and you can say, well, I don't really like Lamar Jackson. I think blah, blah, blah. Well, Lamar Jackson's cards fit into that proven performer category. Big year. So this year is an important year for these guys. It's not make or break. It is for some, maybe not free up for others. But for here, I've got Baker Mayfield. Hell of a season last year. Browns are good. This is a big year for Baker Mayfield cards. Carson freaking Wentz. My goodness. How big of a year is, is it for Carson? Massive. I'm, I'm invested in Carson Wentz big time. Not only is he my quarterback, I have a ton of his cards. Put Trevor Lawrence. I put Justin Herbert. These are big years for these guys. Like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, like if he has, if he were to get the Chargers in the playoffs and have a, a playoff run, I mean, 
Jeez, can you imagine? He might be rocket ship up to the elite category if he plays like he did last year. I think his team might struggle a little bit, but I'm just saying. Then you've got potential. You got Tua. I'll put Mac on there. Even though he's not the starter, Cam is, I'll just put Mac out there. Tua, Mac, Zach, Wilson, and Joe Burrow. Ton of potential. Ton of potential. And then in the eh category, Derek Carr, Teddy Bridgewater, Big Ben, Ryan Tannehill. Not saying the eh is a bad thing, but just it's the people, they've been in the NFL for a while. It kind of is what it is with them in their mark. So if the hobby loves speculation between the elite proven performer, big year, and potential, there's a lot to speculate, and everybody has a good quarterback right now, end quote. There is a guy I didn't mention, and that's Deshaun Watson. I just don't know where to put him. Who knows? It's an enigma, so I don't want to get too far into it. It's just uncertainty. So how about the NFC? Elite? Think Tom Brady's elite? I do. Tom Brady sitting at the top of the category. So if you're keeping record, Mahomes, Brady, only elite status. Proven performers, Russ Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. They both want another Super Bowl. Maybe they'd hit that elite category. I don't know. But they're just not in that elite conversation when it comes to sports cards and it. Definitely proven performer and big fan bases, but just not where Brady and Mahomes are right now. Big year ahead. Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray. It's a big this guy's got to make the playoffs. I mean, he's got he's got every weapon he can imagine. Guy's got to make the playoffs. I love Kyler Murray. You know that. I'm putting Sam Darnold in there. And for Sam Darnold, it is almost like a make or break year in a way. Got to make it happen. Potential, Danny Dimes, Hurts, Lance, Fields, eh. Fitzpatrick, Cousins, Goff, Jameis, Matt Ryan. So I, I talk about all those quarterbacks and I say outside of the eh, where it's kind of status quo stagnant, a majority of those guys are all being speculated to potentially move up to that next level. And that is why I think the football card market is taking off. So many quarterbacks, so much interest in the game, a ton to think about. Covered a lot of ground on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button. Congratulations to Rated Rabbi for being the year winner of Card Ladder. Go subscribe to the Weekly Rip. Coming back to you on Friday with my man, Drake's underscore PC. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you and talk to you real soon.